on this week's episode of the WNP Podcast. These seats are hot, hot, hot. Stay tuned. Episode 156 of the We're Not Professionals podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson, and join me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are you? I'm doing swell. Thank you for asking. How are you? I am doing great. Alongside of Chase and myself is George the Giraffe. Thanks for coming back out, George. We appreciate it. Uh, However, this is the last show with George, and this is the last show in the studio. Yes, it is, because you decided to... Get selfish and get on out of here. Yeah, so I am moving to Indianapolis this weekend, which means this show will be the last one in this studio. Uh, George, he was so distraught um, that he decided with my departure from Michigan, he would depart from my life as a whole, which uh, I I think it's a bit of an overreaction, if I'm being honest, George. I I, I would agree. I think he's being a little dramatic, but mm-hmm. we know how giraffes are. Yeah. So, unfortunately, this is the last time you'll be seeing the studio, and hopefully, there's a lot of good uh, and fun stuff to come when it comes to the We're Not Professionals podcast. Because with the move comes a new opportunity for a new studio. So I'm looking into that. What can we possibly do? Unfortunately, it will be virtual most of the time. Now, if Chase comes out and visits, then you know he'll be in the new studio. But there will be some virtual video, and I will keep videos going. It might take a couple of episodes before we get videos like completely perfect, streamlined, everything like that. Um, but videos will still be coming with the We're Not Professionals podcast. So yeah. a bit unfortunate to leave this place. Uh, today, 11 months ago, was the first time we ever recorded a video in the studio. So uh, it wasn't even a year, and we're already saying goodbye to her. But nonetheless, we're going to make the last video here outstanding. The best yet to come. Uh, All right, let's talk about NFL news because we've got a lot of it. And then uh, also on this episode, we're going to be talking about some incompetent coaching, going to be talking about who are the dominant teams in the NFL right now, and then we'll do our week three pickums. But we'll start with the NFL news, Chase. The first piece really upset you, really hurt your heart, and that's because Trey Lance, he is out for the season um, what was it? It was an ankle. It's broken ankle. He had surgery on it. Surgery is successful. So puts him out for the year. He'll be looking to recover for next year. It really does suck because now I said, even if the 49ers go nine and eight, I mean, it's already even happening. People are already like saying that the 49ers are the better team with Jimmy Garoppolo, blah, 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 this, that. It's like, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. We're never going to fully know because yeah, they've looked good with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they also never really won because of Jimmy Garoppolo or anything like that. And they got far in playoffs, but again, they never won with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's it's just a shame because we saw, you know, flashes of what Trey Lance could potentially be. Um, didn't really get a full opportunity to go out and prove that. So now he's going to have to wait another year, hopefully come back from the injury just fine, hopefully not have any, um, you know, like limitations when it comes to his running mobility because it's a big factor of his game next year, and hopefully he can get off to a, to a hot stretch. But I, I just don't want them to go 10-7 and seven this year because um, they very well can. The rest of the team's talented enough to make yep. playoffs. And then people are like, oh, Jimmy G's so good. He has to stay. Let's be real. They're not going to be winning because of Jimmy G. They're just probably not going to be losing because of him. It, it, it's just I, I like Jimmy G, but he really is just one of those guys that does not necessarily elevate your team, but he never deflates them either. So the team's really have to you know play around him like they can, and I expect them to, but, and they should be just fine. But it's just going to suck because – a just potential superstar, someone that that has their traits to do it, just isn't going to be able to show it off. Yeah, and I'm okay with whatever people are saying when it comes to, you know, Jimmy G and his value to this team. Um, I know some people were saying, hey, because they restructured the contract of Jimmy G, they might not have been completely bought into Trey Lance being the guy right out the gates. They might have kept him around because of the insurance policy. Obviously, I didn't expect this to happen. That's uh, really unfortunate for Trey Lance to go out. But I think the biggest worry for me right now isn't 
the current, um, you know, the, the current 49ers. The biggest concern for me is Trey Lance and his career going forward because in a young career, you need the time. You need to be able to play on the field. And the fact that he only got two starts last year and then he comes in, gets uh, a start in Chicago, and then starts this game but is now out for the season, it really concerns me on what his potential ceiling could be because of you know mishaps like this happen and young kids aren't able to rebound from it. Now, I think Trey Lance can still be a great player, but it does worry me a lot to see since 2019, you know, he's only started five games, one with North Dakota State in his draft year, two last year, two this year. That's super worrying if, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to see the development of a, of a player. So And you have to, it's just, it's just brutal knowing that literally none of that is like his fault at no, the end of the day. Literally real. none of that. It's, yeah. just, it's brutal. So it's a, a super tough time for Trey Lance and all of his biggest supporters. And uh, I know that people that were doubters of Trey Lance are going to be saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the reason that they're winning and everything. But uh, I don't know. I, I find it very frustrating as someone who is trying to show support to all of the young quarterbacks in this league. One thing that's super frustrating to me is it feels like Trey Lance supporters and Justin Fields supporters are like polar opposites. Mm -hmm. And they either Justin Fields is the greatest ever and Trey Lance sucks or the opposite. Trey Lance is the best ever and Justin Fields sucks. So why can't we support both of them? They're similar players. They both have immense ceilings like, I don't know. I, I've noticed that, and that was something that came up in the shower um, yesterday, that just in my head. I'm like, why can't we just support both? Like, it's stupid. I agree. I 100% agree there. All right, let's now talk about another quarterback, as Justin Herbert was shaken up in the Thursday loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, now, it was a rib cartilage fracture, uh, which does not sound fun. And you saw he was immediately hurting when uh, he got hit and then came back out, played a couple more snaps, and, uh, you know, they they ended up losing that game. But I don't know why Brandon Staley kept him in the game. I get it that uh, you want to win the game, but at the same time, it's week two. One in-division loss isn't going to cause your whole season to collapse. Now, if yep. you lose Justin Herbert for good, that will cause your season to collapse. For so. sure. I don't get what Staley was doing there, but it does sound that uh, Herbert has the possibility of playing this week, and it's not going to be a long-term thing, which is really cool. Yeah, it sounds like he should be fine, which he's a super talented quarterback. We don't want to see him miss any games. Um, he's just a ton, ton of fun to watch, but should be good to go. Uh, hopefully the Chargers team can can bounce back. They they played well, I thought, against the Chiefs, um, but hopefully they can continue moving, continue being on the rise, and win despite Brandon Staley's ineptitude. And then we go over to Tampa. We've got a couple of things to talk about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll start with Mike Evans as he gets suspended for a game uh, after shoving Marshawn Lattimore. There was a little bit of a scrum with uh, Lattimore, Brady, and Fournette. And then Mike Evans comes over and just full speed just puts the dude to the ground. Uh, got him and Lattimore thrown out of the game. And now Mike Evans gets a suspension because of it. Really hurting the people that have him in fantasy. You know? Yeah. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, it, it is tough. The second I saw it happen, I was like, oh, there's a suspension because like it, I knew it was just going to happen. But I don't necessarily agree. It's a physical sport. Emotions run high. Like that, no one gets hurt there. And just let, let, it, let it be penalties. You want to kick them out of the game, fine, whatever. But to suspend them as well, like suspend both parties. Like cause at the end of the day, Marshall Lattimore threw a punch and started it. So why isn't he getting suspended as well? It doesn't make much sense to me. If you're going to suspend one, suspend both. I don't think there should be any suspension at all, though. Right. Uh, and then we know the injuries that have taken place with the Tampa Bay roster. Uh, Julio Jones was out this week. Chris Godwin, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And now Mike Evans suspended. That means the Buccaneers need to bring someone in. So they go out and get Cole Beasley, the former Cowboy, the former Bill. He comes over and uh, I assume will have an immediate role this week. I would have to guess so as well. I, I don't know why he wouldn't, even if he isn't completely familiar with the, with the playbook. The beauty of a slot receiver is it's a relatively easier plug-and-play um, 
like, yeah, you still got to know the place, but you, you can just have them run simpler routes um, because they're going to be mostly short routes anyway. So you don't have to worry about worrying about, you know, if, if he's going to make this cut 12 or 15 yards on the field, we're just heading where he would just make his cut two, three yards on the field. It's easier to implement. I got to imagine he, he gets to start and there's a chance he gets heavily targeted, honestly, because, I mean, he's just going to be the more talented guy in the room at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And then Brady, uh, he now has Wednesdays off. Uh, he's got his veteran rest days. Which makes sense, um, but it, it's definitely a storyline to look at. Obviously, we know he's getting older. He's 45 years old to start the season, and uh, there's been stuff going on in his personal life too. So there's a lot going into Tom Brady and uh, what the Bucks are doing right now, but to be 2-0 and with not the best Brady, I don't think it's, uh, it's hard to say that he's not at his true peak. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen that multiple times. Um, but for them to be 2-0, that's pretty impressive. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. All right. Well, before we hop into the incompetent coaching, I do want to talk about uh, fantasy a little bit, but also uh, the Lions, as the Lions got their first victory on Sunday. Uh, very happy for them. And uh, it was an exciting one because they were able to show off the true skill of Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift has looked fantastic through the first two games, and Amon Ross St. Brown the same. The reason I wanted to bring this up was because Ian Hartitz from PFF. What was that name? Hartitz. I've never heard of this person before. It's H. I've never heard of this person before. H A R T I T Z. I, I think. feel like I recognize most of the PFF things, but this is just a name I've never heard before. Anyway. Yeah, so he said that Amon Ross St. Brown is the Cooper Cup this year, which, like, I mean, Amon Ra has played fantastic, and he's got eight straight games of, uh, what is it, touchdowns or eight-plus receptions. So he has six six straight games of catching a touchdown, eight straight games of eight-plus receptions. Yeah, so he, he's breaking records with Detroit right now. Um, My computer's frozen, by the way. Nice. That, computer's just struggling today for some reason. Yeah, I mean, did you ever get the the brightness figured out? No, I ended up turning on the like night screen to like, dim it a little bit. That's all I could do. But now the computer's just like... I. I don't know where my mouse is right now. I just can't. Just it's just it's just an absolute mess. Well, that's what happens when you get a Dell instead of an Apple. This this is a freaking twenty two hundred dollar <laughs> computer when I bought it. I know it's a couple years old now, but still, the frick. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm I'm a little rattled here. And I mean, this thing slowly going down the drain. I got this back in 2016, so um, I get that you know it's getting older and stuff. And everyone talks about how anytime Apple sends out updates, it's really killing your computer so you can get a new one or killing your phone. Um, which, you know, conspiracy theory, if, if you believe in it or not, um, it, it does seem like as they get older, they don't hold up as well. But, yeah, I mean, th- this one's probably, what, twice the age of yours, and <laughs> she's running just fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I really have no idea what the issue is right now, because I've had zero issues with my computer until literally today. Mm. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. All right, well, back to the Amon Ra stuff, uh, the fact that, you know, they're, they're saying Amon Ra is going to be the next Cooper Cup, who is just a triple crown winner, who just went out and was wide receiver one in fantasy and really did things that we haven't seen in quite some time. I think we slow down a little bit. Yes, yes, we definitely definitely slow down a little bit. I, I, I love Amon Ra, but, like, he's he's very talented receiver. He's just, he's, what, game 18 in his career? At, at game 19, whatever the number is. It's still so young in his career. He can't just really go out there right now and proclaim anything like that. Well, yeah, I just I just think it's, it's too early to pump the brakes. I think he's super talented. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's a great dome in fantasy. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, just chill a little bit. Yeah, and he was the reason for a lot of upsets or a lot of fun wins for people in fantasy. Uh, I was on the other side of Amon Ross St. Brown. I was on the plus side in multiple spots. Yeah, so I was getting beat up by him. You were having a little bit more fun. I was enjoying myself. Uh, how did your fantasy week go? I mean, I know you have like 12, 12 leagues. 12. And counting, silence mill, just staying alive counts as a win to yep. me. So since that's a guillotine league. Um, so the only league I lost in, I lost in two. Or three, actually. I lost three. Because Yahoo leagues don't count. So like whatever. That's why I, that's why I forgot about <laughs> I'm that I'm counting one. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo, Yahoo's trash. I hate that platform. So I lost in your cousin's league. Um, Then I... Lost in one of my dynasty leagues where I'm in a bit of a, a rebuild and 
it's not the end of the world. I'm like, I'm like a, it's more of a retool than a rebuild. It's like competitive, but not necessarily competing either. So I don't really expect to win, but if I win, it's great. So not too shocking. And then did lose in Johnny's dynasty league where it's the exact same thing, more of a retool than, than a rebuild. My running backs are James Robinson, Naeem Hines. So, um, you know, did, did the best I could, but Gabe Davis being a last minute kind of injury thing, you know, I had a pivot to Nico Collins and Darnell Mooney who both combined for like three points. So mm-hmm. that hurt. Uh, yeah, I went three for five, stayed alive in the guillotine and Yahoo. I got a big win. Thanks to Stefan Diggs. Uh, I mean, that guy was money this week. So love having him on the team. And then, uh, your league, I am now two and oh, going off to a, a nice hot start because of Carson Wentz. I mean, the guy That's put gross. up like 35 points for some reason. It's really gross. Um, you didn't mention, by the way, how you lost in my cousin's league in Yahoo. Uh, you were versus Lamar Jackson, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. 40 yeah. or 90 points combined between the two. Yeah. Not exactly the fun. No, no. Just, just not, not even a chance to compete in that one. Just not even a chance. Yeah. Uh, and then Johnny's league, I was versing Graham, who had Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think he finished with the second highest score in the league, only behind Paul. And uh, I had Mike Evans, who got kicked out of the game like halfway through. Tyler Boyd, who I think only had two targets all game. You had a last-minute move Kamara out of your lineup. Yeah, had to move Kamara out of the lineup, move Julio. It just wasn't a great week for me in Johnny's League. Mike, remember when I traded for your 23 first-round pick? You're like, why would you trade for, for, for the champion 23 first-round pick? This is the reason I traded for it. You're I'm off to an 0-2 start. I'm still one in the chip. You're off to an 0-2 start because of this unlucky BS, and I'm I'm just like, if, if anyone's going to have this, this lack of luck, it's going to be you. Yeah. So I might as well get the pick just in case. Well, I'll still get wins, you know. You you, you definitely you'll definitely get wins in there. You're not going to go winless, and you'll probably still make playoffs. It'd be shocking if you didn't, but it's just a tough start. So I looked at the uh, fantasy pros as like a power ranking saying and yeah. uh, sleeper for anyone that doesn't know. And my power ranking in that league is five. Interesting. My chance to make playoffs is tenth. Oh, at only like twenty seven percent because of how you started and how your schedule is. I'm assuming. Yeah, that sucks. So, uh, you know the. Team's good, but just schedule and how things have gone so far has not been in favor of me. And then my final league is in my league, my dynasty league, and I'm not trying to win. And got 12 first-round picks yes, you do. <laughs> next year. Yes, so. you do. All 12. That'll be a lot of fun. That'll be something. All right, well, let's move on to some incompetent coaching. Man, we've got a lot, and I'm, I can't wait to talk about it. What was it? Three, four weeks ago, we were talking about it was one of the last tuners before – uh, we actually started the NFL season. We talked about how the only coach we can really see on the hot seat is Matt Rule if they really start off poorly, but we think Baker Mayfield can add a little bit of an oomph to this Panthers team, and who knows, maybe this Panthers team can even make the playoffs. Yeah, it's because my, my hot take was that there won't be any coaches fired midseason. Yes. So we had the discussion, and everyone's like, yeah, I mean, it may be here, but like, really, we could definitely, I could definitely see where that's a path mm-hmm. or where the path exists. And as of right now, uh, that still could very well be the case. Maybe there's no coaches fired by, you know, week 10. But we have seen some major flaws in the first two weeks through uh, multiple teams because of coaching. Uh, Just to name a few, Zach Taylor with the Bengals, Nathaniel Hackett with the Broncos, who we talked about last week. We got to talk about him again this week because of more terrible uh, coaching. Josh McDaniels with... Um, the Raiders, you got Matt Rule, who we previously mentioned with the Carolina Panthers, Luke Getze, an offensive coordinator for the Bears. And then I wouldn't put Arthur Smith on the same level as these other guys, but I do want to talk about him and his comments about Kyle Pitts in the postgame presser that he had this week. So uh, we'll get to him, but let's start with my coach, Zach Taylor, first. Uh, the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year. They are now sitting at 2-0. and oh. They are currently averaging 18.5 points per game with some of the best weapons in the they league. They are not sitting at 2-0. and oh. They're 0-2 oh is there what I meant go. to say. You wish they were at 2-0. Oh. They should be at 2-0. Oh. But they aren't. If they had a coach, they would be at 2-0. and oh. Maybe. Maybe. So it, it's been an absolute nightmare over there. Uh, one of the things that has really just stumped me and how it's it's not changing is when you look at the first game against the Steelers in the second half the Bengals were in um they were under center 17 times 
They ran the ball 15 times, threw it two times while under center. We moved to the second half against the Cowboys. 17 times, they ran the ball 15 and threw twice. Dobbs. If you are so... Uh, what do I want to say here? Like, if you're so predictable that you're under center and they just know you're going to run or you're in the shotgun and they know you're going to pass, like, let's change something here. It, it is just stupid to tell the opponent what you're going to do based on the positioning of your quarterback and running. Back. Like, it's, it's just dumbfounding to me. They haven't been able to figure out a cover to defense which should be, like, the very first defense you should ever be able to figure it's a, it's out. very base defense. Like, it's shocking. And then Joe Burrow has had some real recession, too. Regression as well. Um, because this offensive line actually ranks pretty well when you look at PFF grading and everything. Um, Burrow currently has 13 sacks. Seven of them are blamed due to him. Yeah, and... That's not nothing new. I mean, his first two years in the league, it, it was, those numbers are always, as I said, he's a bit prone to getting himself sacked because he's looking to extend the play um, while staying in the pocket. He's willing to hold the ball a little longer, willing to wait for guys to get open. And that's that's great. If, if you have the confidence to do that and you can be successful, that, that's great, but it's going to lead to you getting beat up a lot more. So he's got to find a way to tune it down at least just a little bit where defenders aren't going to have as much of a chance to get to him. I think one of the big problems right now is Joe Burrow comes into the league with the Bengals, one of the worst offensive lines for a long time, and he's always had to extend the play. And it's always been, you know, one second, one and a half seconds, someone's in the backfield already with him. Right now, I think he's averaging about 3.86 seconds in the pocket before, yeah, before defenders start getting to him. And one thing I've been seeing is he starts getting frantic before pressure is even there. He'll run into the pressure himself. Um, and I get that, you know, he, he's grown up in that type of way because of past failures by the Bengals, but now he's got a more solid line. He can be a little bit more calm while in the pocket. Cordell Volson, our left guard right now, who was a, I think, third or fourth round rookie, he graded as the top rookie offensive lineman this past week. He was perfect in true pass sets. So, like, having that and then... Uh, Jonah Williams and Leal Collins, who admittedly haven't been as good as what we all expected them to be this year. Um, they're still solid. They're fine. they're fine. Yeah, they're still fine bookends. And then you got a good middle three with the rookie Alex Kappa and Ted Karras. So uh, I think he just needs to calm down a little bit and needs to get some real play calling because the stuff that Zach Taylor is calling right now is the most basic thing I've ever seen. Uh, Sean Payton's son's team had more to work with in, uh, what was the movie? Home Team? Home Team. Yeah. I, I mean, movie was, oh my God. There, is, there is more plays to work with there than what oh. uh, Zach Taylor's been given Joe Burrow. That movie was so bad. Oh, that was but, so bad. But Sean Payton was in it. He was the janitor. He was just the, the janitor. I, why would he allow that movie to be made? After he saw it, he should have said... Yeah, no, I changed my mind. We're not we're not releasing this. Yeah. Oh. See, while watching it, I'm like, wow, this is really disrespectful. Sean Payton probably like was pissed about this. And then you see him in the movie. There. Yes. It's like what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Brutal. Just brutal. All right, let's not talk about Nathaniel Hackett now. We all know about his uh coaching woes in the week one. He didn't know how to call a timeout. You know, that's that's always difficult. Well, week two, he figured it out, but Called all of them by like eight minutes left in the third. <laughs> not 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 sure what he's doing. Uh, some of the the dumbest oh, play man. calling I've ever seen. Um, it's just been despicable over there. I mean, they've got a very good offense with a, a fantastic quarterback. And I'm gonna be honest. I've I've liked Russ for quite some time, and the cringe that he's brought has been very funny, and I've like been a big fan of it. But it's starting to get out of control that I feel like he might just be high or something and, like, doesn't really know what's happening. I don't know. I have no idea on that front. I, I've seen more more cringe clips like him on the sideline this week. And he's like, got to call run pass, run pass, run pass. And then, like, a play's going on and he just starts screaming pass. And it's just, 
it's been weird. He's a weird guy, so no shock that it's been weird. But to, to circle back to Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, their, their duo thus far, their combination, their partnership, whatever the hell you want to call it, we were, we all wanted Russell Wilson out of Seattle because Pete just would not let Russ cook, as everyone everyone would say, oh, let, let Russ cook, and you let him. Last year looked like they were trying to let him, and then all of a sudden they toned it back. Um, this year, Nathaniel Hackett isn't even, not, let alone the kitchen, he hasn't even let Russ like onto the property. Russ is just standing in the middle of the street, just like hands in his pocket, not knowing what to do, because any opportunity where you've got a guy who's supposed to be a borderline Hall of Fame talent quarterback, you're not giving him the opportunity to try to make the play, not let him get the first down. Um, you're not really giving them the ball 30, 40 times to throw. It, it doesn't really make sense. You're putting them in bad situations. They squeaked out a very lucky win this week. Like Nothing has been good at all. It's been horrendous with the Broncos. They've looked absolutely horrendous for a team that's full of talent. It's It's been a really bad start for Nathaniel Hackett. It It's really going to be telling this next two or three weeks if he's going to be able to figure it out or not. If he rebounds and the team looks better and he looks a little more structured, then it was maybe just a couple first-game jitters, and you, maybe you can move on from there. But if it looks the same over the next week or two, then we got some problems. Yeah, they're averaging 16 points a game with Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, who did go down in this past game, but he should be ready for next week. And you still have KJ Hammond, who's a talented wide yeah. receiver, in my opinion. Albert O has been solid. Like, you have a very good offense. You need to start doing something with it. And uh, right now, that has not been the case. I've I've seen a lot from Nathaniel Hackett in these two weeks that make me think I'm already all set. Like if if the Broncos were my team, I would be done with them already. And yeah. it's it's hard to do that so quickly. Um, but I think when it comes to on field performance, this is worse than the Urban Meyer of last year. When it comes to on field performance, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, behind the scenes, locker room issues, everything. Urban Meyer was far worse, and that's why they needed to get him out so quickly. But at least he freaking produced a, a decent team. Like, the Jags were not as talented as this Broncos team, but they played harder than this one does. For sure. All right, let's not talk about Josh McDaniels. Uh, he inherits the Las Vegas Raiders, who... Uh, one of the most talented rosters on paper. Uh, they've got a top five tight end. They've got a top three wide receiver. Derek Carr, we believe, uh, to be incredibly underrated uh, for years and years. And, well, they haven't really been getting it done either as they now start 0-2. So, I just want to say, you said they have a top three wide receiver. Are you not going to talk about Devonta Adams either? Hunter Renfro, baby. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Hey. Hey, Derwin James said Hunter Renfro is that dude. Like he did. Like you talk about elite receivers in this catch, just throws Hunter Renfro in there because he definitely is that dude. But regardless, yeah, I mean, I mean, the team has a lot of talent, but to start zero and two in this division, that's not how you want to start. The play calling has been uh, just as basic as Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you're reversing Kyler Murray off of Call of Duty Beta Weekend. I know. Like, that should have been the easiest one of their life. Yeah, they should have won by 40. And yet they they choke and lose in overtime to Kyler and Cliff. And I saw a tweet that said, most people think Kyler and Cliff are just hanging on when actually they're thriving. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, they're definitely not thriving. That's not the word I'm going to choose. <laughs> I can't wait till the midseason hard knocks. I, I didn't watch last year's. So I didn't really have that much interest in the Colts, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the Cardinals one because I, I just I want to see I want to see Cliff get fired in this episode. That would be something. Yeah, so that I don't, would be a hard I don't, knocks. I don't want to see like someone get fired, but like I want like I want to see a firing at hard knocks. I want to see what it looks like. That would be crazy. But um, at regardless, yeah, they're definitely not thriving there with the Cardinals. They're 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 definitely just surviving. But nonetheless, we're, we're talking about the Raiders. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I've already seen articles too saying what we've learned from McDaniel's through two weeks. He should not be an NHL or an NFL head coach. He definitely shouldn't be an NHL coach either. No, should not be. Uh, when we look at Matt Rule with the Panthers, I mean, this was a team that we said, hey, who knows? Maybe they can uh, find some real success and vie for a playoff spot while they lose to the Browns in uh, somewhat of a thriller as Cade York is his name, right? Cade York. Cade York, the kicker from LSU, um, gets the win for the Browns. Starting and, off his career electric, by the way. Yes. 
And now the Panthers lose by three yet again to the New York Giants. Now the New York Giants are 2-0, so there could be an argument of, hey, maybe this is a real team. But what do you say? The Giants are not a real team. Okay. It's not a good look for the Panthers thus far. Um, I don't know why CMC isn't just going to be giving the ball 40 times a game. Honestly, like he's just the best player on either side of the ball, no matter who's on the field. So just give him the ball. Like It, it doesn't really make much sense to not give him the ball as much as you can. Matt Rule is definitely disappointing. It was an exciting hire coming out of Baylor. Someone that we thought, okay, maybe, maybe this could be, you know, a real, um, real interesting young up and coming type guy bringing some new innovation to the league. And he hasn't really done it. He hasn't really shown much success. Has the talent here this year to figure it out. And we knew it was going to be a bit slow starting getting Baker later on in the process. I don't know why they didn't just trade for him earlier, but it's a little concerning two weeks in. I think, if you can show that week three and four, like that Baker's up to speed and the team's looking better, then he might be fine. But if Baker's not up to speed, the team's not looking good. Like it's getting start getting closer and closer to to time to move on. Absolutely. And then finally, I want to talk about Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. And these are all guys that are like, for me at least, seats are on fire. Like these are guys that are a couple more down games away from getting the can. Now, realistically, not the case. I don't think Zach Taylor is going to get fired this year, even if they miss playoffs. Like, I think he'll still be retained. They'll have to start going 7 0 8. Yeah. I mean, I just, knowing how Mike Brown has handled these type of situations before, it just feels unlikely, even though I would, I would be willing to get rid of him. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, it's been not great. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Matt Rule, all these guys I consider to be on the very, very hot seat, a fire seat. Uh, and that would also include offensive coordinator Luke Getze over in Chicago. Because you have the stat. Justin Fields is currently what rank in pass attempts? 33rd in the NFL. How many teams are there in the NFL? There are, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Wait, how does that make sense? That's a great question. Like, you have a young quarterback with an immense ceiling who you selected very highly in the NFL draft two years ago. How about we try to use him? How about we try to utilize his his assets? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. The, the play calling has been horrific. He went 7 for 11 against the Packers on Sunday night. 7-11, always open. True. But why was yeah, well, it eleven times? I think he only had let me let me look it up exactly. But I think it was like six rushing attempts, which is if he only had the ball in his hands seventeen times, what are we doing? Yep. I mean, who on that offense is better or like more t- talented? Dave Montgomery, obviously. He had eight eight carries, so he had the ball in his hands nineteen times. Yep. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been an absolute no show. He sucks. He's washed. He's done. At uh, I mean, maybe it's just Luke Getzey is an absolute moron. Yeah, it's funny. They, they move on from Matt Nagy, and then they go and put this on, on the field instead. This actually, it, it's, it, is, it is worse. It legitimately is worse. It's so bad. I want to see uh, total yards per game to see where the Bears rank here. Um, we currently have them sitting. Oh, dead last. Wouldn't no you know? way. Wouldn't you know? That's crazy. They are averaging 216 yards per game. The Seattle total, total. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks are second worst with 20 yards more per game at 230. That's still low. It is, but the Bears have not been great. They're only averaging 14 and a half points per game. Not even sure how it's that high, but does not feel like it is. Yeah, it's been a, a terrible offense from them. So Luke Getzey on a hot seat as well. Finally, let's talk about Arthur Smith. I don't think he is on the hot seat as of right now. His seat might be getting lukewarm, but I do feel like the Atlanta Falcons have been more competitive this year than they were last year. I feel like overall their team has been more chippy than it has last year. They were in a very close game against the Rams, almost made the comeback uh, as it wasn't close for a second. They were down 28-3. to and we know the Falcons in 28 to threes, that doesn't usually work out in their favor. But uh, I don't know, something, maybe someone saw it and was like, hey, they're going to make fun of us again. So let's just get enraged and almost made the comeback. They didn't, however. Uh, the main reason I want to talk about it was Kyle Pitts' usage. Kyle Pitts has not been used whatsoever. Um, I think he has 
He's got less than 10 targets on the season. I know that. He had two catches for 19 yards. I think it was both games. So, not been great. And someone asked him, asked Arthur Smith about Kyle Pitts' usage. And he said, look, we're trying to win football games. This isn't fantasy football. So, we love Kyle Pitts. We think he's a great asset to the team. And uh, he'll get the ball when it's like, Right, or whatever. And, you know, kept saying that they're trying to win football games. The problem is they're not winning football games. And Kyle Pitts was a fourth overall pick. If you're going to take a tight end fourth overall, that means you think he's generational. That means you think he can do big things for this offense. You have not been showing that. You have been keeping him inside and blocking packages. You haven't been utilizing him in the slot or anything. Like, it's just questionable how they're using a fourth overall pick yeah it's very concerning and I don't think I don't think Arthur Smith's on the hot seat but it does make you question does he understand his roster when you see when you hear quotes like this when you see the usage this way it, it really is concerning because you you draft Calpitch one reason and one reason only to go and dominate on the football field you you draft this athletic freak who's closest comp as a player is Calvin Johnson to, to go out there and you want to throw him the ball 120 times a year. You want him to, to get 90 catches at a minimum every year. So to go out there and go on a pace like this where you're going to – he's on pace for 34 catches on the year, like how, how does that make sense? How is that advantageous to your team? Uh, I'll tell you how. It's not. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's very questionable. It's very concerning. Hopefully he realizes this and figures it out because there's not a lot of talent on this team, right? especially offensively. You, you've got Kyle Pitts. You've got Drake London. And that's it's, it's kind of really it. Like – Cordell Patterson's a, a nice NFL player, but he's not someone that's just, I don't think he should be a workhorse type guy. And then right now, Mariota's not really doing much, but you, you got to f- tell Mariota, look, we have these two talented big receivers. You got to get them the ball. Like, mm-hmm. That's just how it's got to be because that's how you're going to win games. And if you can't, get it to Desmond Ritter. Exactly. Give the Rook a chance. He's going to start sooner rather than later for yeah, sure. I'm excited to see him. Uh, All right, well, that's it for our incompetent coaching matters. Let's now talk about the dominant teams in the NFL. I think it's pretty obvious that the Chiefs and the Bills have been starting off very well. They are sitting 1-2 and in offense. They're both 2-0. and Uh, They've got good wins as well. And the Bills, well, they just absolutely slapped around the Titans last night. Wasn't even close. Yes. So those are the two most dominant teams. I want to know who's next. Who's in that next tier? I don't think there's... You can tell me if you disagree, but as of right now, I don't think there's another team that's in that same tier as the Chiefs and the Bills. No. So, who would be that next team? We've seen the Eagles play well. We've seen the Dolphins have a huge comeback against the Ravens. They're playing well. Uh, The Buccaneers are playing well, even though Tom Brady hasn't looked his best. There's some other teams out there, like the Lions, who are currently top five in total offense. What teams do you think are in that next tier? If we're talking as a whole, my best bet out of this so far is the Eagles. They, they, they're the ones that have looked the best as a team. Played good offensively both weeks one and two. Have, did solid enough defensively in those games as well. Um, so as a whole, as the, you look at the individual talent as a unit, I think that'd be the next closest team. If we're talking about pure offense, you have to talk about the Lions, which like is weird to say when you got Jared Goff throwing the ball. You know, mm-hmm. We're talking about the Detroit Lions here. But let's be honest, like, Two games, two games with good defenses that they're playing against, and their offenses looked great so far. Switches look awesome. Amon Ra's looked fantastic. Hawks been doing well. A couple of pieces of Chark and Reynolds, they've they've all been doing good. Jamal Williams has been vulturing touchdowns. Yeah, like even even Jared Goff, like he started off really slow the first half of Week One, but ever since there he's been trending better, better, and better. He's been looking better throughout throughout the season so far. So. The Lions are a team that if the defense starts playing a little better too, I mean, maybe maybe Graham's not completely out of pocket saying they're going to get 10 wins, but they're 11, however many he said. But mm-hmm. but we're, we're, I'm going to pump the brakes on that one, and really the only other team that's truly in the conversation right now for me is the Eagles. Oh, you don't think the Dolphins? No. no. But you were just saying you're a big Tua guy. Yeah, huge <laughs> Tua guy. I got I got him in one league that happens to be best ball, so he, he came in clutch for me this week. But, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think the Dolphins are quite that. I think their offense... Can be very fun, but there's just no running game factor, really. And the defense is still just trying to get older and get more experienced. Um, I'm not ready to put the Dolphins there, even though they are off to a 2-0 start. Yeah, I mean, I I think that we'll start to see some big movement 
um, in the next couple of weeks. But when you're looking at the league as a whole, a lot of it is still wide open. The NFC West, everyone's sitting at one and one. The NFC North, everyone's sitting at one and one. So maybe the Lions do uh, continue on this good offensive streak and they surprise everyone, take the NFC North. Um, You've got the AFC South that's wide open because everyone is winless except for the Jags who are one and one. Uh, the AFC North, everyone has one win except for the Bengals who are sitting at 0 and 2. That one's still wide open. So there's a lot of teams that can still do some big things, and I'm just excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, I will say with the Detroit Lions, they are currently sitting at 405 yards per game. The rushing stats are fantastic at 186 per game. And then they're averaging 35 and a half points per game, which is huge. Yeah, not too, not too shabby. Um, and uh, they're without offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They have some injured offensive linemen. And I don't know if you've heard of him, but Jameson Williams. Who? He was a, what was he, the 13th overall pick? Yes. 13th overall pick out of Alabama. He is a guy that can stretch the field. Uh, he is very electric when it comes to the ball in his hands. So I question that Goff might be able to get the ball to him at all times, but at the same time, I question Tua about getting the ball to Waddle and Tyreek, and he's, he's been able to work. do that. Yeah. So if Tua can make it work, Joff, Joff can make it work. Yeah, Joff. Yeah, yeah. Garrett Joff can definitely make it work. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my only thing for the Lions going forward on offense, make it like an 80-20 split between Swift and Williams. Like, stop, stop giving Williams so many work, like, touches, so, so much work. It just, like... Swift has looked legitimately like the best running back in the league so far. Like, le- legitimately. It's, it's not even a bias thing. He just has. You watch him with the ball, mm-hmm. everything's been electric. So why aren't you getting the ball into his hands more? You, you got to get that ball in his hands as much as possible. You got to treat him like a CMC workload, honestly. You got to see if he can handle it. Like Because if he can't, then you got to know it's time to move on. I don't know the true stats on this, but I feel like DeAndre Swift has more 20-plus yard gains than he does losses. I would have to say there's no way that's not true. He probably has... Five or six 20-plus yard gains and maybe two or three. Yeah, he might have two losses. So uh, he has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm so glad to see him uh, actually reaching that full potential there. Now, Chase, if I have to ask, and uh, maybe this is like a bias thing, maybe not, um, but if there's a team out there right now that you see is struggling that you think actually makes the turn, whether it be the Rams, you know, being one and one, they had the bad loss to – the Bills, and then they had a very close win against the Rams or against the Falcons, uh, or maybe that be another team. Is there a team out there that you think for sure turnaround is coming? Just wait, need a little bit more time. The Rams for sure top the list there. Like I, I don't think there should be much debate because they haven't looked the strongest, and I, I think they're going to be final sudden done. But the other team you got to hope they figure it out is the Bengals. Like that, that's that's the only other team that you see as much talent and wonder why the hell isn't this working? So. I would have to guess that they're going to figure it out because last year I rolled them all year long and ended up working out. I think they're going to be able to bounce back. Just a slow start. Even I mean, the team even started slow a bit last year, too. It didn't look great at times at the beginning of the year. But they'll be fine. I think all said and done. So both these teams should, yet again, be in the playoffs contending for Super Bowl. The last team I want to ask about is the Indianapolis Colts. They are currently averaging 10 points per game. They tied the Houston Texans in Week 1, and now they got shut out by the Jags in Week 2. Matt Ryan hasn't been great, but it doesn't seem like Jonathan Taylor is being utilized to this, his best of his abilities. And is this the team that's going to win the AFC South? I mean, it felt like before the season started, this was the slam dunk pick. It was the Colts. Right now, it's not looking so. I just, I still don't see a path where one of the other teams that are putting it. I just really don't. They they might go nine and eight or eight and nine and win it, but like. These other teams are just still not quite there, so I really just I don't see I don't see how they don't win the division, and that'll be the only reason that anybody in this division makes playoffs is because they make they win the division. I, regardless, they, like they've looked bad, they look like they're not they're not coaching a very strong game. I get they don't have their receivers out there in week two, so you feel like if you like, oh they're expecting us to just work with with John Taylor, we gotta try something different, but it didn't work. Um, you, you gotta just get the ball to John Taylor's hands. You gotta let him touch the ball. 
20, 25 times a game minimum. You just got to let him do his thing. Like, you're not going to win the game if you don't do that. Mm-hmm. I think the Jags have a real chance to win the AFC South. Um, the it's Colts, possible. I, think, I feel like the Colts are probably still the favorite. I don't really see the Texans doing it. And then the Tennessee Titans, they have not looked great so far. And I saw someone tweet out, has Derrick Henry finally fallen off? I'm like, yes. He's definitely he's definitely looking different than he did the last few years. There's no denying that. And I, I do think the Titans, I had them projected as a, for having a bad season. They're well on their way to that. I It's only a matter of time before Malik, Malik Wills gets in there. Um, he might not necessarily be ready, so I hope they do kind of wait because I don't want them to just throw him throw him to the dogs. But at some point, it's just going to be this is a lost season and see what he can do because I just I don't think the Titans have any real chance. Did you see him come in last night? Yeah, I didn't. I really didn't watch much at, at that point. So he went one for four through the air with only like six yards. Um, but one of the crucial plays, it was third and one. And uh, they did a read option. Malik Willis kept it, and Matt Milano smoked him. Oh. And I was like, oh, that that is one of those, welcome to the NFL, kid. That's one of those moments because Damn. Matt Milano, he was balling. He was great last night, and uh, he welcomed the young kid to the league. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just not looking good over there in Tennessee. No. All right, finally, let's go week three pickums. So we did make a little bit of a change. We decided uh, that with our locks, we're going to be doing them against the spread instead of just, you know, picking a team to win. We think that's a little bit more uh, fun and a little bit more difficult. So when we look at our locks overall, I am 0-2. Chase is 0-2. Yep. Johnny's 1-1. Chris is 1-0. Graham's 0-2. Garrett's 0-2. So we are currently uh, 2-for-11. When it comes to our locks, it has not been great for us. Uh, when we look at our overall weekly picks, week two, I had the worst result at seven and nine. Chase went nine and seven. John eight and eight. Chris ten and six. Graham and Garrett also sitting at ten and six. So that means Chris and Garrett in the lead at eighteen and fourteen. Yep. Then we have two sixteen and sixteens, and then fourteen and eighteen for the other two. So everyone. So it's just two groups the same of the same records, or three yep. groups of the same records. Right. So. We're now going to be making our week three pickums. We'll let you know who our lock is at the end of our picks. So we'll start with Thursday night, that being the Steelers versus the Browns. Who are you going here? I'm going to go with the Steelers. They're not favored in this game. The Browns are favored, but I don't know. I just It just feels like the Steelers got up. I don't know. I just feel like they're going to win this game. I don't know, just for some reason. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. I just think that the run game is going to be able to carry them there and – I mean, I was going to say, well, the Steelers, you know, they lost to the Patriots, and Patriots aren't a great team, but the Browns just lost to the Jets. But that's because Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson looked fantastic. He did. So happy that, uh, you know, he, he got some usage there. And I saw, a um, like, a tweet thread that talked about how every time Garrett Wilson made a big play, Elijah Moore was also open, and that uh, the Elijah Moore um, points are going to be coming soon because of how – well, he gets open. Just got to be patient there, but for sure, let's go Bengals at Jets. Speaking of the Jets, yeah, one o'clock game. The Bengals are favored by four and a half. Did the Bengals get their first win here? I have them picked to win. This is the least confident I felt in the last two seasons of them um, picking them to win, but I do have them picked to win. Uh, they just have looked bad so far, but they can't keep looking that way. I feel like I need to go to the Jets here. Uh, to maybe like reverse the the juju that's happening, Do but uh, I'm not going to. Do it. I'm going to stick with the Bengals. They just have the more talented roster right now. Joe Flacco yet again going to be starting for the Jets. This should. Oh, you you mean uh, the, a top three passing yards quarterback? Yeah, I mean him, Tua, and Carson Wentz. The top three for MVP right now. Mm-hmm. Guys, yeah. guys are all goaded. Facts. Um, Zach Taylor, <laughs> Zach Taylor, don't lose to the Jets. Don't be. So terrible. I'm just I'm just waiting. They're gonna lose to the Jets and your boy James Jones is coming on TikTok and just gonna crush your soul yet again. Yeah, I mean did you see Graham's tweet today in the group chat? Um he sent something about the Bengals and he's like, Bengals, what happened? Ah. Uh, I decided to ignore him. Rip. But I mean, hey, if he's pulling this stuff out when the Lions eventually lose a game, I'm gonna even though I was trying to be a Lions fan this year. Whatever. But Whatever. I guess I'm gonna have to be toxic. Shocker, what's new? All right, Texans at, well, hey, maybe, never mind. I was going to say, maybe I'll be a Colts fan now I'm going to Indy, but I don't want to do that. No, no, no. All right, Texans at Bears. The Bears are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, surprisingly enough. I see you've got the Texans here. 
I do. I, I could I could pick a team who's been competing, or I can pick a team that doesn't know how to coach. I'm going to pick a team that's been competing. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Texans here as well because uh, at least the Texans staff is allowing Davis Mills to throw the ball. Uh, the Bears, you know, not not so much doing the same for Justin Fields. So if they're going to continue to hold them back, then there's no chance the Bears win this one. Agreed. Raiders at the Titans. The Raiders a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We talked about it. The Titans haven't looked good. The Raiders haven't either under McDaniels. Are you taking? Yeah, I, I got to go with the Raiders, though. I, I just, I'm out on the Titans. Talked about that earlier. I'm in enough on the Raiders. They're just a better team in nearly all aspects. So I'm give me the Raiders. I agree. I'm going the Raiders here. Chiefs at the Colts. The Chiefs a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, it's not that close. No. I don't I, – they're, they're, they're covering this. I think so, too. For sure. It, I just got to say we are – that was five picks so far. Yeah. And I've picked the away team every single time. So, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Makes me a little nervous. But we're, we're going to keep on rolling because I got more to talk about. Yeah, Bills at the Dolphins. Uh, I, got, I can't not go with the Bills. Taking the away team again? Yeah, taking the away team yet again. I'm going the Bills as well. Uh, I think that the Dolphins will keep this one close. This will be the closest match with the Bills and the Dolphins have had in quite some time. Uh, but I think the Bills still end up with the dub here. For sure. Lions at the Vikings. You going the hometown team? I'm not going the home team. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Well, I said hometown the team. hometown team. I'm not going with the home team. Going with the hometown team. The Vikings, they, they just did. I was feeling more like, okay, this is going to be a Vikings pick for me. But then I watched them play yesterday. It's like, wow, they did not look good at all. They, they looked better in week one against the Packers than they did against the Eagles. And the Lions were very close to the Eagles. So mm-hmm. maybe that's telling of everything. So I, I think the Lions are going to be competitive in this game. I don't think the spread's going to be six points by the time um, the game actually starts. I think it'll be a lot closer. But... I imagine the Vikings will still be favored, and it will not shock me if the Vikings win. Yeah, I think the Lions definitely cover in this one. I'm going to go to the Vikings strictly because it's a 1 o'clock game. And we know Kirk Cousins, when the lights are shining the brightest, he can't handle anything. So yep. uh, I think that there, there's zero player on the Lions right now that can cover Justin Jefferson. If Kirk can just get him the ball, I think he has a big day. Uh, we saw A.J. Brown have a big day against the Lions. We saw Jahan Dotson have a big day against the Lions. I think Justin Jefferson's in for a big day as well. Yeah, I think it's going to happen all year long. There's going to be at least one player, especially a receiver, that's going to have a big day against the Lions. But the Lions' offense keeps rolling. The Lions can still win the games. Right. Uh, I, I want to go to the Lions here because of how fun they've been so far. And uh, Dan Campbell, you know, maybe he's not just a, a, a jacked-off coffee and, uh, you know, biting kneecaps bobblehead, but... Uh, He's been a lot of fun. Yes, he is. All right, Ravens at Patriots. What do you got? I got the Ravens this one. Yet again, shocker, picking the away team. Uh, I just, I just, there's just too many picks that feel too obvious to, to not pick the away team here. And I just think they're the better team. The Patriots have not looked very strong thus far. You don't have a home team win yet, do you? I do not. All right, well, let's see if we can get one in the next one. That being the Eagles at the Commanders. We will not. Oh. The Eagles have looked, as I said, they've they've, just, they've looked too strong this year. The Commanders, they look fine. I, um, there's a chance that this game's competitive, but I, I do think the Eagles should win this one. I agree. I'm taking the Eagles as well. I don't know if I said I'm taking the Ravens over the Patriots as well. All right, Saints at the Panthers. Do we see the Panthers get their first win of the season? I think we do. I, I, at some point, i got to choose a home team here, so this is the first home team that I'm feeling okay about. I think Matt Rule will hopefully – well, I shouldn't say I think. I should say hopefully Matt Rule will make the adjustments – and get the ball to CMC a little more, have a little more faith in your offense, let let Baker do what he can. Hopefully Baker's a little more adjusted as well. Um, if they lose this game and it doesn't look good, then I'm just out on the Panthers this year. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of a tough one for the Panthers because it's always like the third game. I mean, we saw three games of Sam Darnold being elite last year and then mm-hmm. fell off completely. If we see three straight losses here. Uh, maybe they're going to run. Maybe. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm going the Saints because okay. Taysom Hill is the best tight end in the league. That's that's just that's just true. All right, Jaguars at the Chargers. Chargers a seven point favorite. Justin Herbert a little banged up, but he should play in this one. What do you got? Yeah, I'll take the Chargers. I I, I hope the Jags compete in the game, but I just I just don't know how they win. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Uh, speaking of the Jaguars, uh, Trevor Lawrence very solid game against the Colts last week. Uh, solid enough for. Your boy, Theo Ash, to post a Twitter poll 
saying, who would you rather have for the next 10 years, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? The the vote was a little closer than what we expected. It was damn near split, 51-49 in favor of Joe Burrow. I thought Joe Burrow was going to have like a 65-35 sub split. That was, that was a bit shocking. Yeah, uh, I know Joe Burrow started off slow, but Joe Burrow has also showed things that Trevor Lawrence have, has yet to show in the, at the next level. So uh, I, I get recency bias is a big factor in these things, but yep. are we are we being for real right now? Are we being for Rizzle? Agreed. Rams at Cardinals. The Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Sticking with the road team? <laughs> yes, I, I am. I, I, I just – how do I not? The, the Rams have to bounce back, and I think it's a good game for them to bounce back in on the road against the Cardinals. This would be a good one. I agree. I am going the Rams here as well. Falcons at the Seahawks. This might be one of the uh, worst games. I, I don't want to watch this game at all. Yeah, you know, it, it's – I really wish this was one of the 1 o'clock games and one of these 1 o'clock games or the 4 o'clock games because Graham is getting married on Sunday. So we're not going to be able to get a, a whole lot of 1 o'clock watch times and we're not going to watch the end of the 1 o'clock games, which really sucks because there could be a couple good ones, a couple close games. Whereas, you know, by the time the reception's done, if I pull out my phone, oh, Falcon Seahawks is kicking off. Awesome. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. So that, that does suck. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, I am going the Falcons in that one. Yes. Uh, uh, Packers. I agree. Packers at the box. Um, I'm taking the box here. Home team. They're a two point favorite. Aaron Rodgers just really hasn't been able to, uh, you know, click on that offensive side of the ball with you know the young wide receivers and that. I mean, the Bucks haven't either. The Bucks haven't really clicked the offensive side of the ball too much. They, they've they've been struggling a bit. Tom Brady's been showing his frustration. So I think this could actually end up being a very not fun game to watch either. Two teams that have a lot of fun potential with those quarterbacks, but I just don't know if it's gonna be a great game. I really don't. But I'm going the Bucks as well. All right, 49ers and Jimmy G versus the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett. Who do you got? I'm going to go with the Niners. Jimmy G, as I said, he doesn't lose his team games, doesn't really win them games either. And when you compare what uh, you know the coaching has been for the Niners compared to the coaching for the Broncos, like how am I not going to take the Niners? Yeah, I'm taking the Niners as well. Lastly, Monday night, you got the Cowboys at the Giants. The G-Men are favored by two and a half. Yeah, I, I feel gross picking the Giants, especially since I had them projected to be so bad this year. But I am going with with the Giants as Bengal calls them. Vanilla Vic, Danny Dimes, going to go out there and continue to produce a single dime per game. Uh, but Saquon is going to do what he did week one, put the team on his back, help him carry him to another win. I mean, if they start three and zero, that would be shocking. Yes, it would. Very. Uh, I need the Giants to get more Kadarius Tony uh, action in there because uh, I love Kadarius Tony. He's been really good so far. So. Sorry, well, that won't be happening. I'm going to go to the Giants as well. Ooh-hoo. All right, let's go locks of the week. Uh, I'll start with mine, that being the 49ers over the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos are only getting a point and a half, which is wild to me. I, yeah. I, they have been so poorly coached that I think this is an easy slam dunk. 49ers minus one and a half. Yep, and that was going to be who I chose if I could, but I couldn't. Or, I mean, I could, but I, I don't like doing that. I like to I like to change it up be a little different, so... The next team that I had, the next matchup on my list was the Raiders. Two and a half point favorites against the Titans. Um, they're going to win by, uh, I don't see how they don't win by at least three points. Um, you know, the one and a half, two and a half spreads are really, like those those in the NFL are what you just consider to be super close games where any team can win. It's very rare that you get to pick them. So if you see a one and a half or two and a half, then it's just like, oh, who do you think is going to win? And I think the Raiders are going to win, and it's got to be at least by three. Yep. Uh, then we got the we got Graham taking the Bengals at minus four and a half. The only reason I want to bring this up was because I bet on the Bengals as my lock in week one. You did in week two. Both haven't worked out. Correct. So I don't know if if Graham's like metagaming this and he wants my Bengals to start zero three, or if he genuinely think or genuinely thinks that the Bengals will beat the Jets by more than four and a half. A little bit of both. Yeah. Either way, I think he'll be happy. Yeah, because he he's a. Terrible person. He'll be, he'll be happy for your misery, or he'll be happy that he got the pick right. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. We want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Take one last peek at the studio because it is no longer after this episode. We appreciate you guys coming out, and if you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's, again, on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. We also have a Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and make sure to check us out on those different platforms. If you are on YouTube, if you could please give us a like, comment, subscribe, we would really appreciate it, and hit the bell to turn on notifications. Down there in the comments, let us know what you think about the coaches. Let us know your favorite memory from the studio, because this is goodbye. 
Anyways, if you are listening on a podcast platform, if you could please give us a follow and a five-star rating, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming out. And as always, we're not professionals. Professionals.